0: Welcome to the Sales Talent Recruitment Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. Krista, thank you so much for being on the CPSA Recruitment and Talent Podcast. Before we dive into the rest of the show, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on the show today, Kevin. Uh, so I was previously working in HR consulting for 10 years. And just this year in January, I went on my own and started my own Company helping leaders become uh, more successful in terms of being people leaders, and then also doing some speakings, talking about things such as more mindfulness at work, emotional intelligence, how shifting mindsets and having a growth mindset can have an impact on individuals.
0: Let's actually talk about some really important people management activities that, that go on in the enterprise today. From your perspective, what are the initial considerations for HR and sales managers. Cause that is the context of these particular podcasts that we're doing in determining their enterprise bench strength and replacing turnover?
1: Yeah. So I think the really, the first thing to to think about is taking a really honest assessment of where they're at and and figuring out where are they really strong and where are the gaps. Um, And sometimes that means reevaluating and making some changes. So looking at, if we talk about things such as, as you know, what is average tenure look like with the organization Um, is turnover increasing. And if turnover is increasing, why is it increasing? And, and because not all turnover is created equally. So is this voluntary turnover, involuntary turnover? Are we having people retiring? Um, so looking at taking a more proactive approach. Are there Have there been internal transfers? So I have been getting really clear on what's happening. And then when you start to get at what's happening and where there might be problems, um, starting to make changes around that. And perhaps that's around hiring different people who are going to be staying with the organization longer
0: absolutely as as well as the, how those employees are treated during their tenure uh, um, in the organization as well
1: so. absolutely yeah. absolutely
0: so many companies find that top salespeople don't always translate into good managers. You and I both know that. We've been in the space for a long time. How do you recommend that companies evaluate managerial abilities versus sales acumen in the enterprise?
1: Yeah, so I think is the first part is really being clear that there's individuals who are going to be really star, like high performers, amazing sales professionals who are not necessarily designed to be in leadership. And that's Okay. So are, are we looking at a top performer here? Or are we looking at more of a high potential? So getting the clarity around that. And, and also, I think having a, a really transparent conversation with individuals who might be considering going into more of a sales leadership position within the organization, because a lot of times they're just doing that because, you know, maybe they want a salary increase. Maybe they want new challenges. Um, they want to change things up a little bit. And then all of a sudden they get into the role and they realize like, hey, I'm not out there selling and having all sorts of conversations with potential clients which was what really what got me excited and and pumped to get up in the morning now all of a sudden I'm really coaching a team and working with them and helping them you know individuals who aren't performing as well helping them to perform better and doing a lot of coaching and spending a lot of, of my, of their time on the people part of the business. And that's not for everyone. So it's, I think being transparent around that and then also getting feedback around um, for those individuals who are potentially going into leadership, um, you know, what do their peers think about them as leaders? What do what their, their bosses think about them? What do other people in the organization, how would they assess them in terms of their, their leadership competencies? And, and and be really honest with yourself, because there are a lot of people who are amazing top performers, and you want them to be so great as leaders, because it would make your life a lot easier and the organization's life a lot easier. But that but that might really not be the best decision for, for that individual or the organization.
0: Because of the extrinsic and intrinsic rewards, too, for, for all of us, but especially salespeople, but especially the extrinsic ones, you know, the stereotype is that a, a lot of salespeople are more lone wolves. And they're all about, you know, kill, killing what they eat and uh, every other metaphor that you want to try to use in that scenario. Right. And unless they really have the ability to translate that across many individuals, then roll up into the whole of how that event improves the overall morale, the engagement, all the other things that we like to talk about in people management and HR for those inspiring those, those that collective salespeople. If they can't do that, then it's probably best that they stay. I'm focused mm-hmm. on on selling. Wouldn't you agree?
1: I would absolutely agree.
0: Let's talk about then how often sales performance reviews should be conducted. And in- What should they entail from your experience?
1: Mm, Yes, the beautiful performance reviews. (laughs) Ah, So the first thing I'm going to say is this is not about an annual performance review. Um, I'm not saying that we have to just like completely get rid of performance reviews because I I think there's something to be said around looking at the year and what happened over the year. So uh, I don't necessarily think we have to completely abolish it. Um, but it's not just about that. There needs to be real-time feedback and letting that individual know how things are going like in real time so that they have they have an opportunity to course correct. And um, And I think it's also important in terms of that feedback, Feedback around what they perhaps where they could grow, where they're not doing as well, and giving them specific tactical things that they can do to to change to make changes in those areas. Um, but also telling them what they're doing really really well. I mean, I hear too often all of the focus on all of the things they're not doing wrong, not doing well, and all of the areas that they need to get better at. Um, why don't you talk about and recognize? And that should be happening in, a, in a, an ongoing. Uh, dialogue around recognizing all of the things that they are doing really, really well and how they can get even better. Because I don't think it's a good idea to be like, but tell tell them to spend all of their time on these areas that perhaps they're not going to do as well. And it it isn't necessarily as critical to them being successful in the role as opposed to building on what they already do really, really well. But I definitely think it needs to be ongoing feedback, um, specific in real time, because that's when they can course correct quickly.
0: And it's all about the quarterly business review um, for salespeople uh, and any level of organization. So the the good news is they they're are getting that feedback. And at the end of the day, it is about what they close. It is about yes. helping to grow and sustain the business. What other factors do you think are critical when it comes to retaining these top salespeople to keeping them and ensuring the right candidates are in place for promotion and or important lateral moves? And again, in the context of sales, maybe in another d- division, department, Another, another part of the organization, maybe going from the product to the services side. Who knows, right? What do you
1: think? Mm -hmm. Well, so lots of things. I think, first of all, making sure that you have the right leaders in place because you have these people coming with your organization if they don't have leaders who are coaching them, supporting them, helping them to grow, creating that opportunity where they can do their best work, then that's not really creating a culture that's going to set them up for success. Really being ensuring that they are the right fit for your organization, for your culture. So someone who does sales really well in another industry, uh, another area, another size, the type of thing they're selling, you know, whether it was going from product to selling a service, consultative selling, all of that kind of stuff can have an impact on whether they're going to be the right salesperson for your organization. So really digging into whether they're the fit for your specific organization, also the culture and the way things happen. So you have some organizations where things move a lot slower. You have other organizations where things are moving really fast. So Really getting a feel for your organization and who you are and then assessing how um, good of a fit they are for that that unique individual and then also looking at is that person going to be the right fit for the team and, and they're going to be able to gel with the team that they're working with and, and, the, and the leader of course that fits and then in terms of I, I like what you're talking about in terms of lateral moves as well like what a great opportunity because it's not just about when we're talking about the top performers and high potentials and not, there's a lot of people who don't want to move up into leadership positions but they do want to have new challenges they want to be able to grow they want to they keep things in interesting. So what a great opportunity to do that by moving them into perhaps still being in sales, but in a different capacity, maybe moving from new business development to more of an account management position, or maybe being in a completely different area of the business that allows them to to have a, a learning curve again, to have the challenge of that. So I think that's such a great thing to look at as well, is it's not just about moving them up in the organization, perhaps it's moving them across.
0: You know, we talk about technologies all the time when it comes to especially larger organizations, um, and there's always that the argument, should it be best to breed? Should it be part of a, a unified talent management system? When we're talking about succession planning, especially, right, um, for, for HR and organizations, you know, what is your recommendation on the kind of platform? Does it depend on the, the company, the, the culture, the, the industry, et cetera?
1: Mm, Yeah, great question. So I think the good thing is there are so many different I mean, HR tech is big right now. And there are a lot of great opportunities in terms of platforms to leverage. Um, I think you also have to be careful, because we can get into the whole shiny object syndrome. And (laughs) getting things because they look fun and great and and not really doing due diligence to make sure it's the right fit for the organization. But I think it's important for um, HR who's looking into this to first take a step back and really ask some questions before they start going out there and exploring. And it's really being clear about what they're looking to do with the system and getting more clear about what's going to be the right fit for their organization, because what's going to work for an organization that has 100 employees to an organization that has 5,000 or 10,000 or 100 thousand is going to look very different. Um, But then it's also asking questions around the technology and how user-friendly is it and is it intuitive and what are you looking to do with it? And are you going to be able to, is it going to be easy to distract to what kind of information do you need to be able to enter in it? And then once you are entering that information, is it going to be easy to extract? Because what I see too often, which is unfortunate, is all of a sudden there is this this HR technology which is amazing and could be a Leverage in so many beautiful ways, but the right information is not being put into the technology or the information is available, but the people who need to use this information are not feeling confident enough with the technology to be able to pull it and actually do anything with the data. So like anything, it's cool if you have a lot of data, but if you're not doing anything with the data and using it in an effective way, then it's not going to help you, right? It's just So you need to be able to, to be using it in the right way. And I think the other thing to think about is, um, you know, going out there, and I, I like HR to take more advantage around talking to their network and talking to other HR pros in um, other organizations and ask them, like, what are you using? Uh, would you recommend it? What's working well? What's not working? Well, what would you do differently? Are there any questions that I just should be thinking about asking? So to just do that due diligence so that you're not spending a lot of money on this platform and not getting the value that you are looking to get from that particular platform.
0: Thank you for listening to the Sales Talent and Recruitment Show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.